Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello listeners and welcome to episode 31 of the From the Finney podcast. I'm joined by the voice of reason and Ollie for this episode. We'll discuss the Bournemouth win, we've got a few listener questions to answer and we'll look ahead to the Cardiff game as well. So enjoy. Adam, how are you? Good mate, yeah. Good, good. Thanks for uh, coming back. Ollie, good to have you back on again. Are you well? Very well, thank you. Yesterday was my first time on the town end in two years, so it was a good day. Can't beat it. Can't beat it. Um, Before we crack on Ollie I know I've been saying to you for a few weeks that I'd give you run a bit of a plug and I haven't so over to you um yeah I'm doing a half marathon in May for Manchester Children's Hospital um I know Adam Brown's donated thank you very much I don't think Jay Coates has um so if anyone wants to donate then you can find a link in my Twitter bio it's for Manchester Children's Hospital who treated me 2008 for Hodgkin's lymphoma um so that's just a good course, and that's on May 22nd. So raised over a £1,000, hoping to raise as much as possible. So Yeah, I'll keep, my, I'll keep sharing the stuff that you put out as well uh, on the FTF account and on my own. Yeah, good day yesterday, wasn't it, boys? Yeah, it was a good day. Really enjoyed it. Weather was nice. I was just going to say, it was like the first sprinklings of spring. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it makes things a lot, a lot better, doesn't it? Um, rather than the pouring rain. But yeah, it was a good day. Um, another exciting end to a game under Ryan Lowe, which is seems to be a bit of a theme. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Still cold, even though it was sunny. Absolutely freezing on the town end. Went on with a mate who didn't have a jacket, and it was a big mistake. But You didn't have um, one either. Nah, I never have a jacket, but it's one of them. Um, yeah, I wasn't very inspired for the game. Because I watched the Blackburn game before and it was just a horrible game of football. So I just wasn't expecting much. But um, yeah, we always seem to do well in these games against the better sides. I'm um, not sure why. Scott Parker, a lot of opposition coaches seems to get rattled when they come to Deepdale. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, it was a good day, good performance. I think we grew into the game. I think the players grew into the game as well and obviously finished strong again. Um, sounded like Ryan Lowe the first time I've heard him hint that it was like planned to go into the game rather than start slow so might be something to think about but yeah the town end when Reece scored was a very good sight yeah we were pretty much playing with a back five in the first half yesterday trying to contain them and uh, yeah he kind of alluded to the fact that it was a bit of a game planned in afterwards um, which, which helped us really in terms of them not creating a lot of chances, but in, but for us actually getting out of our own half was a bit of a problem in the first half. We didn't really have that much of an outlet. Um, having said that, we probably had the best chances in the first half, didn't we? Um, which we kind of carved out of out of nothing. But yeah, it was a game plan. It was pretty clear that it was a game plan. And in the end, we got the three points, didn't we? You touched on there that we didn't really have much of an outlet in the first half. Um, obviously, Cameron Archer... We've waxed lyrical about him. I mean, what what's not to love at the minute? But in terms of the other forward that was playing, Chad Evans, Ollie, I know you've you've done a bit of sort of number crunching in terms of yesterday. And while in the past on here, maybe not you two specifically, but on on here in the past, we have praised Chad when when it's been sort of deserved. But I didn't think yesterday was one of his better games. Um, we 
we didn't really have an outlet through him. Yes, he works hard. Yes, he runs around a lot. Yes, he puts his body in and sort of like roughs up opposition players. But Adam, like you said in uh, before we started recording, we're not in League Two anymore. Well, not I say anymore. We're not in League Two. So you need more than someone that's just going to run around, play with a bit of passion and try and rough up an op- oppos- opposition player. And let's not forget, he's not scored in 17 games. Yeah, and I suppose like ruffling up the opposition is kind of kind of works when you you know you, you need like a little bit of an option off the bench. But when you actually look at the games he started, you know Coventry, you know we, we didn't score until Reese came on. Um, you've got the the Huddersfield game he started that was nil nil, wasn't it? Um, and then yesterday, you know, if you look at you know the chances, you know he had that chance in the first half, didn't he? And it was hardly you know. He doesn't look as though he's going to score to me, you know, and he's got the ball at his feet. And technically, he's a little bit off. But look, I, I think he's got his, you know, I think he's got his positives to offer the team. He has done this season. But in terms of a long-term option, if you're going to be looking at a, a team that's going to get towards the top six or, you know, get promoted out of this league, which let's face it, that's what everybody wants. You don't really want that type of striker. And it's all good saying people work hard and, that's kind of a minimum requirement. Um, but you still need that quality, don't you? And I think he does lack it for us. I think for me, the last two home games I've been on yesterday in Huddersfield, I thought in the first half of both those games that we was crying out for Reese. Because if you look at how high their fullbacks were yesterday, that's basically how they got into our half, just via their fullbacks, because they were the three, three men, their wingers run our wing backs. There was so much space in that channel behind both fullbacks, especially the right back Adam Smith when he was on. There was just so much space to attack. And Cameron Archer's zippy over like 10, 15 yards. He's got a bit of pace, but over like 50, 60 yards, he can't really penetrate. Chad Evans won three aerials yesterday and we played over 100 long balls. So I don't really think he offered us much. And that's probably why they could just camp in our half, first half, really. 60% possession. Obviously, they were pressing us quite high and we couldn't go over him and we couldn't really go direct because um, he's not actually great with his head, Chad. He's all right bringing it into his chest and popping it off. But if you if you sort of rushed and you're playing like aimless long balls, he's not really going to keep the ball up there. And obviously Reese's goal comes from, I know it's a foul in the build-up, etc., but it's that channel space between the centre-back and the right and the left-back. Um, yeah, we've seen that, that from Emil so many times this season. But, he's but great at that. That's, that his, that's, his, that's his bread and butter, isn't it, really? Yeah. Yeah. He, he attacks that space so well and he shoots from the angles so well. I just thought, especially against Huddersfield, I thought it, when he came on, he sort of ruffled their feathers a bit just through sheer physicality. Um, so, yeah, I put a tweet out and loads of people defending Ched, which is fair enough, but he's not scored in open play for 11 months. He, he just doesn't look like he's going to score. I know it's more than goal scoring, but... When we've got a potential front two who's potentially going to score 40 goals over a season, Archer and Reese, I can't think Preston have ever had that at this level in a very long time. And people crying out for a 20-goal season striker for God knows how long. Then we've got one and he's on the bench. So I think it's up to Ryan Lowe. And people seem to be happy for him to be on the bench as well. I understand people might say he's inconsistent, but if if he wasn't inconsistent, he wouldn't be playing for Preston North End. For me, just quickly, it's like the correlation versus causation thing of like, does Chet Evans ruffle up players and do we get better because of that? Or are we just better when Reese on the pitch because he's a threat? And I think we are just better when Reese on the pitch. Yeah. I mean, I mentioned it yesterday, but imagine if, if Reese hadn't scored in that many games and put in that cross that Evans did yesterday. Imagine the outcry on, on Twitter about how, how poor Reese is and or if, how if he lacks composure. Well, yeah, yeah exactly. Sean, yeah. Sean Maguire gets un- unimaginable amount of pelters for he doesn't score goals, he doesn't create goals, doesn't do this, doesn't do that. But he works just as hard as Chad. He might not, uh, he might not rough people up in the same way, but he still works as hard. You know, he's he's got his he's got his place in the team. Ryan Lowe seemed to quite like him before he got injured at West Brom. But if Sean had put that cross in yesterday, he'd be getting absolute. Like pelters on social media. Yeah. The, the thing that confuses me about North End fans and strikers is we had a striker in Jordan Hugel who did all the horrible stuff, but he also scored 10 goals in half that season and people still couldn't wait to see the back of him. 
now we've got Reese who does all the goal scoring, but we've got Evans who does the dirty stuff but just has no quality and they love. And I just don't understand what they're looking for. Because if you had the complete striker, like the called Harry Kane or like Robert Lukaku, they don't exist at this level apart from Mitrovic. So, yeah, I think we. I just think we are better when Reese on the pitch and obviously Archer has to play every minute because he's an absolute joke at finishing. I thought, just on Cam, I thought his all-round play yesterday was like so, so good. I think my one concern when we signed him was when you got a player coming from that level, like under-23s, they've played a couple of cup games, like few few appearances off the bench in the league, not much. I think coming into the Championship especially, my one concern was physically, is he going to be up to the task? You know, he's 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 not the biggest lads. He's not the biggest of lads in terms of his height, but he's quite. He does look quite stocky. I know he's quite short, but he he just seems to be getting better and better in terms of like the physical side of his game. Gets his body in. Um, again, ruffles up defenders, rolls players really, really well. There was there was a time yesterday in the second half where. He went down the the touchline down the left side in front of the manager, I think toward the end, and he, he managed. I think he ended up losing the ball in the end, but there was like three Bournemouth players around him at one point. And he managed to wriggle his way out of it, and just thought, you know what, for a young lad, the first time at this level, thought oh, he's he's fucking good. He won the free kick then, I think, didn't he? It was um, yeah. a clever play. Um, I, I think he's, he's great into feet as well. He can drop off and take the ball into feet with ease. Um, and the way he uses his body, you can just tell he's got that intelligence of playing at a you know a top club. Um, and like Ollie says, he's finishing. I know he missed. I know he missed the uh, a couple of chances the other night. But the fact I know it's an old, old cliche, you know. But the fact that he's getting these chances, you know, it, it, he's a top finisher. And as he gets older, he'll have no problem putting them away. And it was a clever finish yesterday because I thought he kind of messed it up, but he was always going for that. You know that to go back to the other corner. It's just that he was waiting for the defenders to move across and just popped it in. So, yeah, quality from him yesterday. Interesting though. Lowe said he gave him a little bit of a bollocking at half time, which shows that you know the expectations there for him now. Even though he's a young player, you know he's playing proper football now. So, if you're not at it, um, you know you better book your book your ideas up. I think his I think his overall performances have got a lot better very quickly as well. I think the Forest game was probably his best all-round performance, even though he missed them two chances. But I think with him, I think he had two or three in the first half yesterday. It doesn't really matter if he misses, because he's just he's just cool. Whenever he, he could miss four or five, and I still back him to score the next one, basically. So took it on his weak foot as well, weak foot control and finish yesterday, uh, just like a natural. And just the way he drifted away from the defender, sort of peeled off a little bit. Um, and the first time I noticed his centre of gravity was at Hull away when he just, I think, I can't remember who he rolled, but he, he rolled a player at a left-footed shot from about 20 yards. I think he might have hit the post. Um, he's just so, he's got that core strength. He reminds me a bit of Maguire when he first signed physically. He's quite zippy. He's got that core strength. Um, he's got low centre of gravity and he can just hold people off and he's good to feet like Brownie says. So, yeah, I think he's he's quite mature as well. So, it, like, player development is never linear. So is that a very different... I think he's a lot more advanced than when Nemecha was here, for example. And look at where Nemecha is now. So I'm not sure what next season will hold for Archer, but he's basically... You'd back him to score 20 over a season at this level, wouldn't you? Without breaking much sweat. So. I think... don't know if it was... I think it was George put something out the other day about Villa would be open to Archer going out on loan again next season, but would probably be a deal that gets done toward the end of the window so they can see how he is in pre-season. You'd probably yeah. look at him going to a, a bigger club than us, even in the Championship, wouldn't you? To see if he can if he can hack it that way. Maybe one of the teams that goes down. Um, we'd be very lucky to get him back next season. Yeah, I think the, if we were to get him back, I would put it down to mainly Lowe's relationship with Gerrard. Uh, yeah. He, he looks like he genuinely cares as well. To be fair to him, yeah. Like he, he uh, some lone players, you're you're fifty fifty, aren't you? But players like that, the ball just always finds them, and I'll never understand how it always finds them. But his movements just outstanding, and his instinct. So, yeah. 
Exactly, yeah. And when you compare him to someone like Reese, when Reese misses a chance, it's almost as if oh, the, the game's over. Reese's yeah. head's down. I think because Archer knows how good he is, it's like, oh, I'm going to get another chance anyway. So what does it matter? Yeah, um, I think we'll come on to uh, the star of the show from yesterday. Um, I think he's already becoming a bit of a, a cult hero, Bambo Diaby, I thought. First couple of minutes, first maybe five, ten minutes, he looked a bit shaky. To be fair, as as did most of the lads, I think, grew into the game. But the the thing that summed him up for me yesterday, and I know Ollie Wee spoke about it on the way back to the car, George sent a message, didn't he, saying that his Barn, Barnsley supporting friend described Diaby as unpredictable. And then almost right on cue, ball comes into the box and he just does the most unorthodox scissor kick to try and clear the ball. <laughs> Boots it up in the air, wind catches it, takes it backwards. And you just like, you couldn't have scripted that. But I, I loved him. I thought he was brilliant and he's absolutely rapid. He's so mobile, like for a centre-back. Yeah. I think James will know him from his time at Barnsley. Because um, obviously they signed him from Belgium. Um Type of centre back Austin really like very aggressive, mobile, quick, front footage, man to man. There's a few times he followed his man right into the channel, just basically touch tight. Don't afford him to turn, just engage as soon as possible. Can beat the pressure as well with his first touch. Um, so I've been trying to sort of say that Bowett isn't suited to that middle role really under Ryan Lowe with a bit of uh, pushback, but I think you can see. When you've got a player like Diaby, you can see the difference. You can see what's needed there. Um, and I can't remember seeing a player grow into a game as well. You can just see him visibly, like minute by minute, just getting more confident, um, just growing into it. And Obviously, Solanke's got his doubts, but he has scored 20 goals already this season. So to keep him quiet on his first start for two years was testament to him. And he's been a bit of a breath refresher. It's going to be hard to see Bauer or Lindsay getting back in quickly after that performance. Yeah, it was about when you're saying about getting him in the channels and getting touched tight. He, he's he's almost it's almost like a sweeper type position, whereas the ball goes over the top into the channels. He's got the physicality to get wide and cover it. Which Bauer, whether he has that or not, if he does get into that position, if he gets exposed, you're a bit worried about him. Whereas Diaby, if he gets out there, you know, if someone gets past him or whatever, he's he's got the pace to recover it. So he's got that confidence to do that. On the ball yesterday, I think he got to a position where he had that shaky start, but he had one where he, he got the ball, took it past the striker and played it out wide. And the fans got got lifted by that. And then since that that moment, he just he just grew into the game and he was it was great to see, really. Um and yeah, he, he will become a fan's favourite, won't he? It's just you could just tell straight away. Um yeah. Great. I'd say great he already is, to be fair. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. the little things, isn't it? It's like seeing the footage of him jumping into the crowd after the game, just go and hug his family and you can just you can just tell how much it means to him to not only be given this opportunity, but to actually be I know it's one game and it's a relatively well, it's a very small sample size, but to be succeeding as well. And when he was on his knees at the end, just Incomplete. I mean, that was a release, wasn't it, for him after the two years that he'd had? And uh, you could see it. And apparently, he got a round of applause when he came in off the players as well. So it's it's yeah, good to see that, that unity there, isn't it? I think that that just shows, and I know Ryan Lowe's touched on it, but that just must show his attitude. Is is like um, the way that he, he'll commit himself to training, performing training. You know, you don't get that kind of reception and. The, the picture of him, like you've just mentioned there, Brownie, of him on his knees and Andrew Hughes is sort of like looming over him just with a massive grin on his face. You can just tell that like, all the lads would have been absolutely made up for him. I think what yeah. Brownie says about sweeping, especially in a, a back three, is really important as well. Um, especially when Hughes and Seth are stepping up. You've got to sweep that space behind him. Uh, someone with that much pace and mobility and sort of willingness to engage is ideal in it, really. Um, and I think what George said about um, you never know what's going to happen. I think them kind of defenders, if they had the concentration levels, then they would be playing at like the top level, basically. And that's why these players with the physical attributes um, drop down. Because if they didn't have that sort of mental block or concentration issues, they would be like highly in demand. So... 
you probably are. Like there was a couple of headers that he misjudged. I think he just miss kicked one right into their player in the first half as well. But you probably are going to get that. Uh, but he's only 24 still, and he's obviously still relatively inexperienced in terms of games because I think he only had half a season for Barnsley. Um, he's had a bit of a strange career before that as well. So still probably got a lot of like improving to do as well. So hopefully from North End's perspective, we can tie him down because I think if he gets the summer, he's out of contract and he's had sort of 10, 15 very good games at this level. He'll have a range of options only. I think it's important as well to have, because Bauer's been the main man this season and before Lindsay came in the other the other week, everyone was saying there's pretty much no substitute for Bauer. And it's important to have that bit of competition at the back now because what have we had? We've had Lindsay and then Hunts, who's who's had his, his illness at the start of the season and he's obviously, you know, I'd, I'd expect he's on his way out. So it's important to have that little bit of competition at the back, which we haven't had. So it could hopefully improve Bauer's game as well. Yeah, and I, think, I, think, I think a player like that as well would just keep getting better because that was his first game for two years. Um, so I yeah, think not I'll, a bad start, is it? Yeah, against probably one of the top five attackers or strikers in the league as well. So I think one of the Jimmy best teams I can remember. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think Jimmy said last night on Twitter that he, he thinks it's one of the best debuts from a centre-back that he can remember for a long time and I think you'd be hard-pushed to find a better one, to be fair. But I think, like you say, Ollie, he's only 24, so the fact that he's got loads of learning to do and you know he's he's been out of the game for God knows how long in terms of not playing minutes, so he's going to be in relatively good good nick, you would imagine, and he looks like he's kept himself in good shape and good condition, yeah. done a lot of training and, and whatnot. So, yeah, I yeah actually... kudos to the lad. Someone I work with now um, was at Barnsley when he was there and apparently his dedication to sort of just football in general. Apparently he lived really close to Oakwell um, just so he could, because they train at Oakwell as well, just so he could get training as easy as possible uh, so he could just basically dedicate his life to it. And you think he can, he comes across that way anyway with his interviews um, and especially now he's got lost time to make up on. It could just be a very good story, couldn't it? Yeah, Lowe was saying he asked loads of questions. You know, he's obviously interested and dedicated to his, his profession, isn't he? Um, and especially after two years out, he's making up for lost time, isn't he? Yeah, big fan already. Big, big fan already. And you can just tell in his interviews, I know you both just touched on it, but you can just tell he loves it. He's like, he's so, just so happy to be given the opportunity and, you know, he's he's making the most of it. So long may it, long may it continue. And, you know, if Pat's injury keeps him out for another two or three games... Hard to, if if Bambo keeps up these performances, it's hard to see where Pat comes back in. I think there's always going to be games for different types of centre backs because for me, Bow was much more of a back four alongside a more mobile partner centre back. Just do the defensive basics. When he's isolated, I think he's quite poor. Whereas Diaby, I think you'd think he'd suit back three a lot more than a back four. Uh, just allows him to be more aggressive. So, especially with Set probably not being here next season. You might see DRB on the right if he stays because he can just press the life out of players. Um, but I think Bauer needed to be taken out of the firing line anyway for me because even though we were keeping clean sheets, he was playing quite poorly in my opinion. Um, so I think it was a hip injury or something, wasn't it? So probably just a bit of an awkward one. Or was it a calf injury or something? I don't think it was too serious anyway. Um, but it might not have been the worst thing for him to just, just be dropped out for a couple of games. You do wonder whether Bauer was carrying an injury and he was got to a position where Lowe just thought, I can't drop him, which probably explains some of his performances. And you've got to remember as well, he's come back from such a, a long term, long time out to be thrown straight into it and be the, the main guy all season. It's going to take his toll on it. So. I remember when, um, again, I hopefully don't get pellets for saying his name, but when Alex Neal was here and Josh Harrop and was it, who was the other one that was out? Bill when they were out for so long. I remember him saying when they were on like the way back to fitness that those players that have been out for so long, it's it's almost expected for them to pick up other niggles along the way because they've been out for that long and they're not used to the intensity of training and the games and all that sort of stuff. So it's it was almost he basically said like it is expected that they will pick up one or two other niggles whilst they're on that journey back to full fitness and perhaps that's you know, same can be said for Pat. Yeah, he's um, 
I'm surprised it didn't come sooner, to be honest, because he has played a lot of games. And he's, well, he, what, he's get, 29, did, is he? 28, 29? Yeah. Did he get taken off at half-time in a game earlier this season with a knock? And then he just came back? Or am I, did I dream that? Yeah, he did. Yeah, so, I don't know. But he's, to be fair, his fitness, I think, has always been very good, apart from, obviously, the massive injuries had. Uh, his availability's been good on it, so hopefully it's nothing serious. But I think you can see from Diaby in possession as well, that middle role, you normally get a free player there. Um, so that's just a very important role to sort of recycle, especially when Ben Whiteman's man marked like he has been. That middle centre-back becomes a free player. And I think Diaby's passing range, obviously it will improve, but I think it was quite promising yesterday. What what did you make of um, the whole Scott Parker thing toward the end of the game? Um, I can understand why he would have felt a little bit aggrieved because let's not beat about the bush. It was a foul. Um, I think saying that he's uh, was it Cantwell? I oh, know it was Billing on it. I think saying that Billing's been assaulted is a little bit OTT, but it was a foul. Um, but I did think as poor as the ref was. I did think he got that right. He played the advantage. They didn't get anywhere with it. Well, I don't see how there was an advantage because Lowe never had the ball under control. So there was no advantage gained. And I think it was about one and a half seconds. Jamal Lowe never had that ball under control. So I think the ref did get it wrong, personally. Um, but I thought he gave them a lot throughout the game, to be honest. Um, I didn't really know Scott ones, Parker. Yeah, they were just... And just a few contentious throw-ins and we should have had a corner in the second half. Everything just went their way. But I didn't really notice Scott Parker, but his assistant was honestly a nightmare throughout the game. He literally stepping on the pitch throughout the whole game. Um, so I, I didn't really like his his behaviour. But yeah, I, I thought I thought the ref got that one wrong, but we'll take it, obviously. If that was the other way around, we would have been fuming at it. Because his first touch is just, he doesn't take it in at all. And then you just bring it back straight away, don't you? I mean, obviously not complaining. I did think, because there was a, in the build-up to the first goal, Cantwell was down, wasn't he, as well? Which I thought looked a bit a bit iffy. So maybe the, they were a bit angry about that as well. But yeah, he, he let a lot go, the ref, which it makes a better game. So on the whole, it was a, it was a miles better second half for it. We've had games this season where refs just stop it for everything and it just, just peters out. But yeah, we'll take it. At half-time as well, um, I thought the ref actually gave him a lot in the first half, but their assistant waited for him to speak to him at half-time. And I just don't like that. Uh, these big clubs always, well, they're not a big club, are they? But they've been in the Prem. They always think they're entitled, don't they, to soft decisions. And we were in the pub, Jake, before the game, and someone was saying about Cantwell. I I've never seen him do anything. And he, was, he spent more time on the floor yesterday. I sound like someone's dad there, but he was... He, he did nothing. He, I've never seen him do anything. And if you look at their back four as well, we both we said it in the, before the game. I don't think it's not a great back four that. So it's not the kind of back four that you look at and think, oh fucking hell, we're going to struggle to score today. Like you no. look at that and think we can break them down. We can pick them apart in certain areas. Yeah, and I, I thought the midfield were just functional as well. I don't think there's much quality in that midfield. So six points against them, you'll take it because I don't really like them. I don't know why. I just I don't like these clubs who come down and they play in front of 10,000 fans, don't they? They're nothing to, to shout home about, Ardy. Um, so, quite enjoyable. And the away win was very good as well because I think that was quite a late goal, weren't it, as well? So, nice to get six points against them. Yeah, can't can't complain, really. What did you make of the reception that Piero got? Uh, I couldn't... Was it mixed? Because there's quite a lot of cheers around me. Um why would you boo him? Like, just why? He's, he's such a good player for us. And we didn't really get to say, you know, it's, it's, you know I'm getting emotional. We didn't really get to say goodbye properly, did we? Um, and I think people just uh, hanging on to that interview he did, which who cares? Like, he was a great who, player. Who cares, just give him a clap, you know. Who cares? But what, what's he said that's wrong? Bournemouth yeah. do have, people go, oh, we've taken six points off him, but they do have better players than us. And they are very likely to get promoted as well. Let's not forget. They've yeah, got they've games got, in hand. Four so. games in hand. They've got they've got games in hand on everyone, I think, basically. Yeah. So like, what player gets... in that Bournemouth squad wouldn't get into our squad. It's just a shame he's, he's on the bench, many, isn't it? Is yeah. It's a shame a player like that who's so good for us is on the bench. 
I love the way that we, we've done it twice now. Love the way that we go for him, though. Brown went on an inlay. DJ yeah. pulled him back, which is a great booking to take. Just love it because they know exactly what he's like and we'll just wind him up. It was funny that. Yeah. I was watching him for a couple of minutes. I was just watching Pearson and he barged into Alan Brown twice, just completely off the ball. And it was just typical Pearson. It's quite a good. I quite enjoyed it, to be fair. I wish he would have started a game as well. But I think, yeah, Brown actually dealt with him quite well, got tight to him, made contact with him quite a lot of times. Um, but I thought even when he came on, you can just he's a quality footballer, Pearson. Constantly yeah. scanning, isn't he? He's constantly looking around, looking to see the yeah. danger, where the space is, where he can pick a pass. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, I don't like him, but it would be good to see, see him in the prem if he go up. But obviously, not played as much as he would have wanted, has he? So we'll have to see. No. Um, yeah, I think, boys, unless you've got anything else you want to add, then we can call that part one and I'll see you in part two. Just, just before I forget as well. If you actually look at the assist for Emil Reese's goal, the pass is behind him. And people talk about his first touch. His first touch on his weak foot, on his left foot, to drag the ball ahead of him, shoot with his second touch. That's two top quality touches. That's one of the game, basically. So just thought celebration that was Celebration was good. Yeah. Someone, someone leaked it to that Cantona celebration <laughs> against Sunderland, which I thought was funny. I yeah. wonder whether that was a little bit of a dig at low, yeah. you know, not, yeah. for not starting him. And the uh, the comment after as well. Yeah, to the I was press just going to say when yeah. um, someone said, "Oh, the manager set set you a target. He wants another five goals from you," and he just just casually replied with, "Well, he better start me then." <laughs> and then I thought as well, Emmy uh, uh, Marcondes, Emiliano Marcondes, apparently interrupted Emil's post match presser to say, "Like, why is he not starting? He scored seventeen goals this season." Crazy to me that, but obviously, each to their own. Yeah. I suppose um, we better talk about the save. Oh yeah. <laughs> we can't yeah. not mention the save. Yeah, I was uh I was reading something that an esteemed journalist said he thinks Iverson's saved us ten points this season. Um which to be fair, you could probably never work it out, could you? But you it's hard to argue against that. Uh I don't know if that I can't remember all of his saves, but I think that was probably the best I've seen live. It's the way he gets it around the post because you think it's all right making the save because you could just play it back into play. But it's the fact that he gets it round the post. It's almost from behind him. It's, it's something else, that save, yeah. Unbelievable. It was I can't work out well. why Billing... I can't work out why Billing just didn't tap it in as well. I still can't work it out. I don't know what happened because Billing was like standing on the line. And I don't know if he thought it was in, but Billing should have just tapped it in. But... Well, I think the it whole ground a... thought it was in because just as soon as it left his head, you thought it was in. And you can see Brown and DJ after we just hands on their heads like going, what? He's done it again. <laughs> there's a there's a, there's a a Bournemouth video blog on YouTube and you can see the save from the Bournemouth stand and it looks even better from the angle because it's, it's behind him, like you say. So I was just going to say, it's behind him. And he, the way that he seems to like just hang in the air for that split second extra to, to be able to stick his arm out and then just tip it around the post. Unbelievable. Unbelievable save. I think there and was then one... And um, like of the championship as well. Yeah. Well, you felt, didn't you, when 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 he saved that, you thought, we, we could create one last chance here and potentially just nick it. And obviously... We did from one great day into another. It was it was a match winning performance. It's worth mentioning his distribution's improved as well. Um, even from like kicks out of his hands, the way we were getting the ball over the top and turning their defenders in the second half, um, it's definitely improved on that front, which will help him when he goes back to Leicester. You'd imagine. What do you think the chances are of getting him back? Pretty much nil. I'd uh... say. I still think the distribution thing. I don't. Th I think that will play into our hands or anything because I still think he's on the poor side. If you want to be a possession-based team, so I think that could actually help us. And I think obviously of the players on loan, Archer and Sepp, I think we've got more chance of keeping either. So. But how would we keep him permanent or loan again? I think it'd just be another loan. I don't know because he's on a quite a long contract there, isn't he? I think after I think this 20... season, I think he's got another two or three years left, hasn't he? Yeah, he's I think he's a new. A new contract when he came back from where was he? Where was Belgium. he abroad? Belgium. Belgium. When he came back from Belgium before we signed him, he signed like a new four-year deal. Then didn't he? Yeah, and the funny thing is, he didn't even play in Belgium. He was on no. the bench in Belgium, yeah. and it's not a great standard, really. Um, 
So, yeah, I, I still think that distribution thing could play into our hands slightly. Could could look at a loan with a view to a permanent at the end of it. I suppose it but depends surely if he's worth like go. surely he's worth like ten mil though. Like yeah, he's way he's out an of outstanding our... keeper. Is yeah. that he's he's that's why I think loans are always the best way to go for these keepers because we could never afford Sam Johnson, Jordan Pickford, Everson. We could never afford them. Um, but you can get him on loan for a season or two, and it's he's he's one of the best keepers in the league, and he's free basically. Well, he's not free, but he's not we've not paid what he's worth basically. So. Yeah, there's no point in going out and buying a keeper like Rudd Standard for like a million in the championship. It's just complete waste of money um, because you're just going to lose points. Loans is definitely the way to go. Yeah, well, we'll have to wait and see on that one. But yeah, boys, uh, I'll see you in part two. Welcome back to part two of the From the Finney podcast. We'll answer a few listener questions and then we'll finish off by looking ahead to Saturday's trip to Cardiff. Um, we'll, we'll jump straight in with the listener questions, boys. This They're all off to it. This one's from James James Newhouse, who asks, Does McCann start a left wing back next game? Personally, I cannot see Earl there long term or short term. Attacking wise, he's added nothing all season and defensively, he's not great either. Brownie, oh, yeah, I love think... that. <laughs> That's a good question, that. <laughs> Go on then, Ollie. Honestly, honestly, our group chat, I think it must have been five seconds after Lowe put the ball in a message about Josh Earl. Did, did anyone see Andrew Hughes, by the way, yesterday? Because there was no chat about that. Um, but yeah, Josh Earl isn't a left wing back, so why would you play him there? Well, I think the question is more about McCann in there, I suppose. Yeah. But Lowe... Uh, not low, uh, Earl. Um, yeah, I think we know it's a problem area. I mean, we talk about it every week, don't we? In terms of a solution, bringing McCann on, I thought I thought McCann did well yesterday. Um, I just thought he was more intelligent with the ball. Like when he was getting the ball and he was knocking it off, playing one twos, kind of like encouraging tackles against him and fouls and stuff. Just far more intelligent in the way he was playing than say what what um, Earl does. So. Yeah. I don't know whether it's an option from the start, though. I don't know, because I don't know whether you lose that balance of having someone left-footed on the left side. But yesterday, it definitely worked. I've always... like Wing-backs are a very contentious issue for me because they don't actually exist. So, like, no one grows up wanting to be a wing-back because they, don't, they aren't a thing. Like, it's either a full-back or a winger. But if you think about it, no one grows up wanting to be a full-back. So fullbacks are just failed midfielders or wingers. So obviously a midfielder is a better footballer than a fullback. Uh, so Ali McCann is a better footballer than Josh Earl. So he's going to be better on the ball. He's going to have more intelligence in possession. And he's fluid on the ball. And so is Murphy. So I would always just play a midfielder there. Like if you've got a good midfielder there, why can't they play there? Um, I know on the Butter Pie podcast, they've been speaking about McCann at wingback and most of them have been strongly against it. But I don't know why you would be against it. Well, it's worked for Potts, hasn't it, I suppose? Potts has gone out there and... I think Alan Brown's a good wing-back as well. When he's I was just going to say, we've seen Brownie do it as well in the past, haven't we? So, and Yeah, I thought McCann was good. But if you play a back three, and McCann was actually caught out a couple of times positionally yesterday, but if you play a back three, you've got the extra... Hughes basically becomes a full-back in defensive transition, doesn't he? So if you do get broken on out of position, and the wing-backs... In possession are basically wingers, aren't they? So Hughes has become a fullback against defensive transitions, so it doesn't really matter if you get caught out. So uh, I don't mind. I play Murphy there. I play McCann there. I play Brown there. Well, I think it. It's, I think it's probably more likely Murphy will probably play there. To be fair, because it, it was good to see him on the pitch. I mean, he probably he won't play against Cardiff, will he? But um, I, I think that's probably the way he'll go with it. 
tough one for McCann because every time he comes on, he looks good, doesn't he? Yeah. He's never he's never come on and put a foot wrong, really, or done like had a howler or yeah. like, massive I actually, mistake. Yeah. I actually thought as well. I thought when Lowe came in that McCann might become the new right wing back because I think he's quite good in the channels and timing movements and stuff. Um, because he when he plays that right side number eight role and it, when he did for in Scotland for St Johnson, I thought he was. He looked quite natural there. Um, obviously, Potts has made that position his own, but I just genuinely think fullbacks are the worst quality players in any team. And that's why they play there. Um, so, yeah, I'd go. I like McCann. And I thought Brown was poor yesterday, but he obviously got the assist and he made a very important tackle in the box. So it's just them key moments. Um, you can't really drop him, can you? So that, and obviously, DJ's in great form I think I think he made three or four really good chances yesterday and Ben Whiteman asked to play so wing back's probably where you're going to fit McCann in yeah Brown's captain as well isn't he so I can't see can't see low dropping him anytime soon even though like you say Ollie, I didn't think he was great yesterday but it's just them moments isn't it so yeah do you think do you think McCann will start wing back next next time out against Cardiff yeah <sighs> I don't know. I think I still think he'll go with the balance of uh, Earl. Yeah. Fair enough. Next one then. But for me though, can I just say, I don't know why you need to be left-footed though to play left wing back. If you've got Daniel Johnson in that half space who's left-footed, he can cross on his strong foot. You can come inside and combine. Hughes can overlap. I don't know why you strict... Because if you're coming inside, if you think about playing wing back, I don't want to bore people, but half the pitch is closed off anyway. And if you receive with a square body position, then you can only play in the quarter of the pitch anyway. So being a right foot receiving on, on like the back foot, you can turn inside, you can open up the game a lot more. If you're a left footer one-on-one and you're static, Josh Hill's got no acceleration because he's six foot five. I know Usain Bolt's quick, but like it does, it, I don't know. No, don't laugh, but I, Someone's going to pull me up on that. But why do you need to be left footed? <laughs> you just compared Usain Bolt and Josh Hill. Because I've just thought to myself, he's massive. He's going to take him a bit to go up to speed. But then I've just remembered Usain Bolt's like six foot five or whatever. But if you are left footed and you're receiving under pressure, you're going to go backwards. Because where can you go? You've only got 180 degrees to play with. Well, that's why I had I had a bit of sympathy for him yesterday because that was the case. He get the ball, and he, you know your natural position is to take it and look down the line. But we didn't have that runner yesterday. Whereas we would have a race or something like that to run down. So yeah. he actually was forced to go backwards yesterday. And I think this is the problem with the way we're playing with the strikers' defeat. It does demand you to be good 1v1. And I think Potts is actually improving 1v1 to create a yard. I think Potts is quite good at that now. But I think that's why being fluid is so important as a wing-back. And it's quite hard to describe what that means, but Josh Early is the opposite of fluid. Um, Do you think he's, he's got no agility to play in that Andrew Hughes position? Yeah, where you can cover more distance and in straight lines. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's never a wing back for me, and neither is Patrick Bauer, but people don't criticise him for being shit at wing back. Well, he hasn't played a wing back, to be fair. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but if he did, he'd be shocking. <laughs> Next one, then. This one's from Ian Cookson, and he's asked Given how much of a rebuilding job we have to do this year, is it realistic to expect a promotion push next year? And I think by that he means the rebuilding job in the summer. And is it realistic to expect a promotion push next season? I suppose we just have to see who we bring in. Um, realistic? Is it ever realistic for us at the minute? What we spend and you know what the expectation is. Um, you know we're touching it then. I mean we're losing three massive loan players for us straight off. That's before we've even you know it's before we've even got started on the rebuild. Um, so if you take three key players out of any team, it's going to make an impact, isn't it, if you can't replace them? Um, and then we've got already got a squad that's not the best in the division as well. You've got to replace them. It's a massive rebuild, I think, this summer. It's it's, it's probably the biggest it's been for, for a long time. Um, and our recruitment strategy in the past, yeah... I don't know. It's going in the right direction. It's been a lot better than it has been in recent seasons, but we probably need 
more players like you know Whiteman, Reese, um, and utilize the loan market like we have done than signing players like Jamie Thomas on a you know a punt. Um, because let's face it, it's just wasting everybody's time, isn't it? Um, so yeah. depends depends how we do it. We might have a new owner by then. You don't know, do you? It's it's just so frustrating to me that the first five or six months of the season was wasted with just pure negative football because the championship is a shocking league this season. Like we watched Blackburn yesterday, Jake, and they I think they were third in the league before the game or something. They're 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 a, they're a bang average side. Obviously, I love Carlos Cobran, but Huddersfield second in the league. Like this was a poor league this season. There's nothing between I'd say like eighteen teams. There's nothing between them. So. Just comes down to one v ones, doesn't it? And anything can happen on the day, really. Yeah. So next season, I think if you take them three out, there's a real lack of quality throughout the spine. Um, the, the keeper's massive, and Sep. I thought Sep was fairly poor yesterday for his normal standards, but he's he's a key player, and obviously Archer will will score your goal. So depends on the recruitment. Hopefully, Ryan Lowe's got some decent contacts for the loan market, which I think he probably will do, and that could help us. Um, but I can't see the league being as poor next season because I just think it's been a really poor league. And obviously, I know Jimmy's been or has tweeted about it. The finances have come out. Um, Pete has been using cash neutral for the term. Um, so I can't really see North End having a go that much. Um, and like Bradley says, it's probably a massive rebuild. So... Um. I'm not sure um, you can ever say is it realistic to push because it's if we finish top half, we've done well this season. Yeah. I think the yeah. one important thing will be, and I'm never I'm not dead against the fact that managers or head coaches don't have that much of a say into, into recruitment because it does work as a strategy for some clubs where you do have that director of football role. But given the history of our recruitment in the past, I think it's probably it's, it's, it's a positive that Ryan Lowe is going to have, or what it looks like, he's going to have more of a say in it because it's a fresh pair of eyes. Um, and he seems to be a person who doesn't really take a lot of a lot of crap. So hopefully that will have um, a positive impact on it as well. Yeah, fingers crossed. And like you said, who knows, we could have a completely new ownership this time next year or in the summer even. Um, next one then, this one's from Thomas Harrison and he asks... Is Ryan Lowe at risk of upsetting Emil Reese, who is our player, by leaving him out for a lone player who will likely who likely won't be here next season? It's a difficult balance to strike, but should we be prioritising Reese for next season? Um Cameron Archer has to play. Yeah. Otherwise, why bring him in? I don't think he's leaving Emil Reese out for Cameron Archer either, is he? Yeah. Um, I don't. Is it is that the point about developing Reese or is it because like what's the point? Like, I think I think the the point he's trying to make is Emil's our player. He's going to be here next season. Yeah, it, it's unlikely that Cameron will be back. But yeah, but the the aim is to win games, though, isn't it? So yeah, Cameron Archer and, has to start. It doesn't matter if he's on loan or not. I think the question is Reese against Evans, against Maguire, against Sinclair. I was going to say, I don't think Emil's being left out for Archer. I think, like you say, Archer's nailed on to start. I think it's, like you say, Ollie, it's between Evans, Maguire when he's fit, Sinclair and Emil. But on, on the whole loan argument anyway, I mean, what's the point in us getting top loan signings and then not playing them? <laughs> you know, no one's going to loan us anybody ever again, are they? So It's, it's no different to, look, to bringing in Sep and loaning out Story. Like, Sepp has to play, even though he's on loan. So there's no room for story. Archer has to play. He's, he's the best striker we've got. Yeah. It's, it's... On the point about Reese, though, he probably is frustrated because he is going to score 20 goals. And a 20-goal striker for a club like Preston being on the bench, it, it's abnormal. It's not normal for that to happen. Um, and I think you could probably see a little bit of frustration in his celebration yesterday. So, and I think he's a massive confidence player in Emil, so he probably just needs a run of games because when he has had a run of games and he's started consistently, he has found the back of the net. 
last one then, and this one's from Gordy Moss. He asks, is the cop here to stay for home fans and will it grow into something great? Um, I guess he means here to stay next season. Um, potentially. Um, I think it all depends on, for a club like us, it all depends on how well we're doing. And, you know, it's, you know, if we're mid-table and we're playing, you know, Barnsley at home next season, then it has no impact. If anything, it, for me, it probably has a negative impact because then, you, you know, you've got fans spread over. But for big games, and if we can try and create it into something, so unreserved seating next season, make a big deal out of it, do what we can with the ticket prices if you, if it can be done. I don't think it can be. But just make, sell it and advertise it well and make it a success, then, yeah, it's got potential. If we just half-arse it and go, all right, season tickets are for sale in the cop next season, fill your boots, I don't think it's going to work. So I think it's all about how we market it. And I just don't want it to turn into a thing where it it just becomes a little bit negative and, and everyone's... You know, we're beating the club for it. I think they've just got to do it properly for it to work. Do you think there's... I know Jimmy's mentioned it a couple of times in the group, but do you think there's an argument to maybe move the away section from the cop? I don't know. I think it'd look empty then, wouldn't it? Because um, you'd, you'd have a full... I mean, you know, it, it, it sounded great at times yesterday. Uh, it sounded great. During Reading, during the Reading game, sorry, and in both of those games, it was only half full at best, you know, and that's a, a third of the stand. If you're opening the whole stand up to home fans, it's I ne- don't it's, think, yeah. realistically, it's never going to be more than half full, apart from like those six, five or six, four or five big games throughout a season. Well, it's noisy because everyone's close together as well, aren't they? So if you open up the the cop and everyone's dispersed, it just becomes like a town and then, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so it does work in that sense. I, I can't wait. Personally, I can't wait to see it against Blackpool. I think it would be pretty. <laughs> I mean, yesterday that netting was uh, was all over the place, wasn't it? But whether we get away with that against Blackpool, I don't know. Yeah, I quite like the dynamic of home and away fans in the same stand. Yeah, so it works well, doesn't it? If that's behind the goal, then yeah. But I think if you open it to all to home fans, it is just going to be a dispersed town, and then it really. I quite like it where they segregate near the netting. Um, thought it was quite good yesterday. I don't really have any opinions on it apart from that. Um, as long as we get enough people in the stadium that it doesn't dilute everywhere else, then see no reason not to. Yeah, that's the concern, and that's why you have to do something to sell it, or else it just just becomes a diluted stadium rather than an actual positive impact. Yeah, and the way that lows come in and the players seem to be sort of thriving off that extra energy from the crowd, especially in away games, you know, obviously opening the cop, they are trying to replicate that at home. If if it does become something that resembles like a a dispersed stadium, so to speak, it it probably rub, rub off on the players in the wrong way and have the opposite effect to what it's having at the minute. And I didn't like it when I was over there. I had a season ticket over there. And I didn't like getting moved. And if you look at the amount of big big teams there are in this league, and if you look at, say, for example, someone like Sunderland came up or Sheffield Wednesday, you're going to get moved straight off. And if you're looking at other big games as well, Blackpool, Blackburn, you could be moving every other week, you know. So that's not an appeal in itself either. No, I think... I think having it open for specific games, Adam, like you say, and, and leaving it as maybe unreserved seat and just buy a ticket and crack on kind of thing. But then that way you don't. And it must be a pain in the arse for the ticketing staff at the club. If Are you, you allowed to, to do unreserved seating? Are you allowed to do that? It has been unreserved the last few games. All right. I don't know if you're allowed to do that because of the stewarding or whatever. But I think personally, just keep it as it is for now and just see how it goes. Yeah see how it goes between now and the end of the season and then make a decision in the summer um, Cardiff boys they've uh, won the last two big George by down there what what do we reckon well the cup game was really poor down there weren't it obviously a few changes and stuff but I think they're just another just it's just a championship team in it like just bang average um, we never seem to play that well against them I know we beat them on telly 
a few years ago when Tom Clark scored. But I remember the Beatles on telly again when Shea Ojo scored after lockdown. Um, obviously, the Beatles in the cup. I think it'll just be, it won't be a great game. I think Steve Morrison's quite a Millwall kind of manager, the way he speaks as well. Obviously, they've got Hugo up front, but they got some decent players. I like Colwell. Um, but yeah, I think it'll just be, I think North End will probably try and have a bit more possession than they did yesterday. Um, and we have got quality. When we've got that 11 out there, we've got quality to break teams down. So, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a good opportunity for North End to get three points again on the road. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? We've not played well against Cardiff a lot of the times recently because we've played into their hands and we've not had the players to play through them, whereas we actually do this time. So I know we've increased the amount of long balls we've played in the last few games, but I think I think we'll revert back to something similar to, to what we were like when Lowe first came. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, you just, you just never know, do you, really, at the minute. I, don't, I can't see us... We're struggling to, to go out and get into a two-goal two lead and make things comfortable at the minute. We tend to be scraping through with one-nil wins or, or draws, so... I think it'll be another close game. Yeah. They don't concede many goals now under Morrison. Um, and I think the only teams they've lost to is Huddersfield and Fulham uh, recently. Obviously, they got beat by Liverpool in the Cup. But I think before that, they were leaking goals, basically. So well, their, last, their last few games have been 2-1 win, 1-0 win, 1-0 defeat, 2-1 defeat, 1-1, 2-0 win. 2-1 defeat. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, it's typical championship. It's just so tight. It's just, it's like yesterday, Bournemouth could have easily won the game 2-1. And, you know, the performance would have been exactly the same. So, it'll be tight. Um, hopefully, we can try and score first. It'd be nice if we scored first, wouldn't it? And then, because I think we probably do suit being a bit more open as well, even though we are trying to be more possession-based. I think we do look better as the game gets a bit more stretched. Um I think it suits the likes of Johnson, Brown. Obviously, it suits the wing-backs more space, 1v1, suits Reese. Um, so, it'd be nice to try and score first because if, if, you, if you concede first against Cardiff, it, I think it becomes quite difficult. We are comfortable with that because we've got the players to do it and they've been playing that way for a long time, haven't they? Um, yeah. Like I say, Brown and DJ and then we've got Reese, who's great you know, in terms of stretching it when, you, when you're in front as well. Just get a first half goal, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, what are you pretty really nice Go on, sorry. It'd just be on. really nice to just actually take the game, to, like just start really quick and just maybe catch a team off guard. Um, I don't know why we do it, but we just we're very passive in the opening stages of the games. Yesterday felt a bit like a McAvoy game, first 10 15 minutes, but we have we have got quality to go at teams. Um, but I'll say 2 1 North End. 1-0 North End. I'm going to do what I did last week and I'll say 1-0 either way, which worked because I said 2-1 either way last week and we won 2-1, so I'll take that. But yeah, I think 1-0, 1-0 either way. Be a tight one. Um, yeah, boys, I think unless you've got anything else you want to say, then we can wrap it up. No, mate. Cool. Sound. Cheers for your time. And uh, it's time for a bit more of uh, Reese and Wiseman. Uh, yeah, cheers, boys. Thank you very much. Hi, this is Reese E, and you've been listening to From the Finney Podcast, and you can now hear our single, Wise Man. Find us on Spotify, iTunes, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and the town end. Peace and love.
Bananenburg, Kurzen, Berlin, 